Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the I Have No Idea What Is Going On to my I Have No Idea What Is Going On this episode, Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing? Hello, hello. Yes, we came up with what our plan was for this episode relatively late, and I just wanted to fill something in and then hopefully remember to fix it later, and I didn't. Nice. Hooray to But me. it works. It works. <laughs> it's, a very, it's, it's a very telling statement about our life, this episode. <laughs> And also, may I just say, I'm back in form, baby. I hit that one on take one. I know I haven't been great the last couple episodes, but that one I got. Yeah, yeah. Good job, good job. I'm back, baby. (laughs) Which means I'm sure I'll screw something up in a minute. As always, let's get this started with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys are helping us keep the lights on and the servers humming. And, well, these days, because of all of my children's extracurricular activities, the occasional thing slapping onto my table for fun. And everybody, happy National Periodic Table of Elements Day. Uh, f- on February 7th, we uh, recognize the publication of the first Table of Elements. And it's also a good time to take a look at how that table has changed throughout the years. And while you're doing that, remember to use that hashtag. Hashtag Periodic Table Day. And remember, never light a match near Element 1. Does not go well. Just ask the Hindenburg. There you go. That's a deep science joke. There you go. It's, uh, oh, 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 no, 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 no. I saw one. There there was a periodic table of elements joke going around Reddit. It was pretty funny. I thought you were going to go with a Hindenburg joke, and that really would have crashed. Mm. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's a visual gag, so it's going to translate really well, but here you go. That's my my element joke. (laughs) What do you call it? What do you call an acid with attitude? Mm. A mean O acid. <laughs> Look at the meme I sent you on your phone. <laughs> oh my god, taking me back with the chemistry puns. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'll go ahead and slip that into dope memes right now. Go ahead and look at it at your leisure. It's right after Corville's uh, <sighs> George R. R. Martin. You know what? Uh, you know what that that meme is? Mm. That's a little bit of nickel and cerium. That is N I C E nice. I'm groaning on the inside. I can make it worse. Do you want me to make it worse? I can make it worse. Go on, go on. It's now. It's it's your day, Jonathan. It's the day to make this happen. Run with it, buddy. Run with it. Uh, well, at least I, I thorium, iodine, nitrogen, and potassium make it worse. That would be. T-H-I-N-K, I think I can make it worse. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm just over here being germanium, nickel, uranium, and sulfur. That, that's genius. All right. Can we move on? Can we move on? The, the, <laughs> the dad puns are getting to me. <laughs> was, my, was, my visual, was my visual gag worth it? Did you, did you figure it out? <laughs> Yes. You figured it out? 
Oddly, oh to my oddly God. topical. Uh, should we start there? Should we start there with my oddly topical for my my visual gag about Michael Jackson? Yes. Let's start. Let's let's. I can't let's, even anymore. Let's just yes. Let's, let's start move there. over to off the shelf, the segment where we ta- talk about the things that came off of our shelves and tables and whatnot, and on to our hearts and tables or something. I don't know how it goes. It's not my job. It's yours, and you're failing at it. <laughs> So we're going to start with video games, Jonathan. Oh my God, Jonathan. Oh my God. So my daughter got invited to a birthday party and I'm like, cool. You know, the daughter won't be around for a few hours. Nice. You know, one less kid to worry about. And then they're like, yeah, they're going to go and they're going to have pizza and cake. And I'm like, well, pizza and cake sounds good. And it's like, and then they're going to go to, uh, we have a, we have one of those arcades that you pay money and you go get to play classic stuff for $20 for like, you know, the rest of the day. And they're like, they're going to go there. And yep. I'm like, I'm like, what, 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 what? And I'm like, can I go? <laughs> can I go to this children's birthday party to supervise my child? Cause she may do something wrong and not to go stand in a corner and ignore everybody for hours while I play video games. <laughs> that is what I did. And it was great because she ran around with her friends and she, you know, did whatever. And we left to go home afterward and to have dinner because I drove my own car. So I just went home from there and it was lovely. And then after dinner, I was like, hey, child, do you want to go back and play video games together? And she's like, yes, dad. Yes, I do. So we had some father daughter time playing video games together. And it was lovely, Jonathan. And speaking of Michael Jackson, we played Sega's arcade smash Moonwalker from beginning to end, which was fantastic. That game's great. Weird story. The only time I ever beat Moonwalker in an arcade was in an arcade in Mexico City. Huh. Because I happened to be there and we we had some time off and like this other dude and I walked into this arcade and saw a Moonwalker machine there and just dumped enough. Well, they weren't quarters. They were pesos, but we dumped enough in there to, to beat the game. Yeah, it was really funny. We were playing it. My daughter went like, oh, she's like, I wonder how many levels this game has. And I'm like, oh, we're on the last one. And she's like, what? How do you know? And I'm like, oh, because this is where the last act of the movie takes place. And she's like, there's a movie? And so now that's on the list of things to do because <laughs> she didn't know Moonwalker was Oh, my God. I remember when that movie came out. They, they had it at Costco, and it was just insane. It, it was like a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen Moonwalker in years. I, I taped it off the HBO uh, Joe Pesci was in it, right? Joe, a young Joe Pesci was in it. Yeah, yeah. He's the he was the big bad guy. I remember him screaming at Michael. Yeah, yeah. Michael was just trying to save those kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we played that. We played Time Crisis Five together. The whole thing through. That was a lot of fun. My my daughter became a fairly good shot. I was very impressed. Um, we played uh, Mario Kart Arcade together. And she legitimately, oh no, I, I was, I kicked her butt at that one, but we played, it's not Hydro Thunder. I forget the name of it, but it's, it's a sequel to Hydro Thunder. Uh, but she legitimately beat me a couple times at that. That like, she was, she was good. I was, I was getting pissed. She played dirty. She played dirty, Jonathan. I taught her well. And then I found uh, the getaway, the pinball machine. We talked about that one time. I found it and I played it again. It was so good. It was so. Getaway is a great game. I like the getaway a lot. Yeah. I played the Adams family pinball machine. I tried to get to Dracula, but somebody was playing it every time I walked by. Um, Yeah, I I played a bunch. I played a bunch of pinball. And then I went and found the first arcade game I ever beat in the RV, uh, like, camping area at Circus Circus in the the bathroom lobby. They had an Aliens the Arcade machine, and I was there with my buddy. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, and we played it. And it wasn't the one with the guns. It was the side-scrolling one. And I, I, I played that all the way through. And it was it was 
mm, it was it was still sweet. It was still sweet. And uh, and then and then to cap off the evening, uh, they had a machine there called Dark Escape 4D. And, uh, you know, they are advertising. It's like this has PG-13 level scares. First off that that is a fracking lie. That is a fracking lie. And I'll tell you why, because at some point you get into this like secret lab with monsters. Right. And there are these like spider women down there. And it's like, okay, so imagine, imagine a woman, right? But she has no legs or arms. Instead, she just has, you know, spider legs coming out of her torso. And the way that the spider walks, it's like uh, she walks with her her front up and her back going towards the ground like that. That's the way it's orientated. Mm -hmm. And then she has a mouth on the top of her head um, on top of her normal face. (laughs) That's what the monster looks like. But full on naked, like there were boobs and, and, and a lot of them, because there's a lot of those spider women thingies. And I'm like, that is not PG-13. That would not fly in PG-13 in this day and age. There's no way. There's no way. So PG-13, my Aunt Fanny. That's all I got to say. But uh, it, it's very loud. It has a lot of jump scares. The seat actually like moves in it. You know, when there's a jump scare, it like jumps nice. at you. And, and uh, yeah, it made my daughter cry. Like it was just too overwhelming. And I'm like, wow, I haven't had an experience that pure since like, uh, the Star Trek experience in Vegas. So I, I, I kind of envied her, even though Aww, she was really don't upset. Don't make me miss that. I miss that so much. Yeah. I mean, I d- don't get me wrong. I was, I, I was, you know, I, I wasn't unsympathetic to her, but I'm like, wow, man, just, just being that in the moment that it just overwhelms you. I, I haven't had that happen in decades. So that was, that was interesting to watch, but yeah, no, we had a, we had a really good time. I, I, she played video games. Uh, we, yeah, we played the Mario Kart arcade game. That was a lot of fun. We played, we played a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. Um, you know, they had a lot of those games that are like networked together, like various racing games and stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. It's called next level. It's out here in the P in Hillsboro and in, in Oregon. It was quite fun. I'm sure there's something like that in everybody's neck of the woods, but yeah, it was, it, it was worth it for 20 bucks. Getting some bonding time in finding out that my, my daughter who, you know, says she's a gamer, like has some legit skills. I'm like, Oh, Oh damn. Like, Oh fudge. Like you're going to kick my butt one of these days. Well, she did kick my butt actually several times. Like, yeah, there's some weird pride in getting my, my, you know, just getting destroyed by my child. It's like, yes, yes, I passed something on to you. She came to be the student. Now she is the master. (laughs) Anyway, beyond that, uh, I tried out Tomb Raider, uh, which I see is also on your list. Yeah, it's so weird that we're both playing like a 10-year-old game. Well, you, you talked about it last time and, and it, it made me kind of want to try it. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish that just because it's one of those games. It is, it is too adult for my six-year-olds to be watching. It, that it is. That it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's right on the edge of what I'm comfortable with for the, the you know, 10-year-old to, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like maybe it's right on the edge. Maybe it'll be okay. And then I got mauled by a wolf and I'm like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't need to be thinking about that. So that is nightmare fuel, my friend. Nightmare fuel. But I was having fun. I wanted a better bow. The bow was starting to piss me off. And I played Stellaris. I'm still playing Stellaris. I finally, I, I think I'm going to put it down for a while. I'm finally getting really mad at it. I was having a really, really, really good game of it. And then everything hit the fan at the same time. And I'm, I'm just getting curb stomped when I thought I was in a really good position. And it's really making me mad. And I'm like, I just need to not play that game for a little bit. I need to take a break. At least until a new expansion or something comes out for it. The shake it up. Because I'm, I'm just getting too mad. There you go. What have you been playing in video games, my friend? Uh, video games. What have I been playing? Um... <clears throat> Not too much different. Um, been playing Tomb Raider with Lincoln. We're having a good time. We're being super completionist about it. We He got really excited because we hit 75% complete. So that means we're almost done. 
Um, we have all the tools that we need to be able to go back and get all the collectibles. So we are, um, we're doing a cleanup run right now before we uh, advance the plot near the end of the game. I've been playing Callisto Protocol, which is really pretty and really intense. I think you'd really enjoy it, especially if you're a fan of the, the Dead Space series. Uh, but you should know that that is not a game that you play with the kids around. Oh my God. It's not a game that you play with the kids around. Um, and then uh, Clover and I have been playing uh, Persona 5, uh, which has been interesting. I really enjoy it, and it's a turn-based RPG, and it's got some wacky aesthetics, but man, you know, not to give you a... Uh, not to give you a peek at later at, at what's coming later, but I will just say that sometimes the dialogue is dreamcatcher, uh, dreamcatcher bad. It's uh, how should I put this? I'm trying to put this nicely. At first, you had my interest, sir, but now you've got my attention. Look the the game. The game is really fun. Like it is a super fun game, and it's got this beautiful visual style. Um, and the core story is uh is really good. The, the problem is that it's just like sometimes, you know, things don't translate well. And there's a couple of instances where just things didn't translate well. It's just very awkward. Ooh. Although there is a hysterical line where, where one of the main characters goes, what? What are you going to do? The police are my bitch. And uh, Chloe and I have had nothing but laughs about that line. We just keep laughing about it. We, we routinely tease each other throughout the day saying that to each other. Aw, you're bonding. It was bonding. It's very bonding. But uh, I'm excited because they added uh, Persona 3 and 4 also to Game Pass. Persona 5 has been in Game Pass, and so that's kind of neat. Yeah, I borrowed a copy of Persona 4 from somebody and then never gave it back, and I moved to a different state, and then they moved to a different state from there. So I guess it's mine now. I should mail it back to them. I keep forgetting. I just found it today because I I went looking for my Babylon 5 DVDs because it's off of HBO Max. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to mail that back to them. I feel really bad. It's been like... (laughs) It's been like... I don't know, six years. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's only a couple months till the release of Final Fantasy 16 this summer. And I realized that I never got around to finishing Final Fantasy 15. So I restarted the playthrough of that because it will run on my um, Steam Deck quite nicely. And I've been doing a lot of waiting for children. So I've been <laughs> playing it on my Steam Deck. And um, yeah, man, that, that game is so like... There's parts of it that are downright brilliant and fun and awesome. And there's parts of it that are like perplexing. Like, why would you make that design decision? There's so much backtracking in that game. So much. Yep. So that's video games. Uh, let's move on to board games. because It's going to be awfully short for me. I've only played one. Played Marvel United with the kids. We had fun. Oh my God, Jonathan. Do I get to wave this in your yeah. face yet again? All right. Probably. Well, <clears throat> sorry. Not all of us here could be <clears throat> board game players, you know. Uh, just not, not elite enough, I guess. Not, not, not educated enough, you know, you, you peons like you, Jonathan, but, uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm being awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, continue. I'm not stopping you. So the kids had a game day at school. Uh, my daughter brought sushi go party to her school and it went over. Okay. Um, but it reminded me, I really wanted to sleeve my cards. So I went and I was sleeving my cards for sushi go and, uh, miles got really interested in what I was doing. And, uh, and, uh, my son Barry actually got in trouble at school cause he got mad that he had to put a game away, uh, during game day and he did something bad and went to the principal's office, but I, I was not aware he liked games. So I was like, I've got games, kids. Do you want to play some games here? And Barry was, was kind of okay with it, but Miles was like super duper into it. So we, I pulled out, 
Um, he wanted to play Kings of Tokyo because he loves the kaiju. And I'm like, tell you what, I need to read the rules on that one again because I, I didn't really remember how to play it. It's not that hard. I just didn't want to read the rule sheet at that point in time because I didn't have a lot of time. So I'm like, let's play Kids of Carcassonne. So we played that, uh, which is the, the Carcassonne for Kids game. And uh, Barry seemed to like it okay. Miles liked it a lot. And Miles liked it so much, I'm like, do you want to play, like, actual factual Carcassonne? And he's like, yeah. And so um, I didn't do farms with him because farm, I mean, there's adults that don't get how the farms work in that game. So I wasn't going to try to teach it to a six-year-old. But, um, you know, I, I basically took my gigantic set of Carcassonne, basically any piece I had that didn't have, like, expansion content directly printed on it that had weird rules. I, I took all that out, and then it was still a giant stack because me and Gina bought, like, two copies of the base set. <laughs> because <laughs> we like that game so much and we like building just crazy huge boards of it. So I then I then cut my tiles in half and that's what we played with. But my, my son Miles got really into it and he was really starting to like get the hang of it by the end and like what he should do and, and looking for places. To, I was really impressed. He's like six and like he was just getting it. Like he was firing on all cylinders. It was amazing to watch. Like uh, like my, my daughter Eowyn wasn't getting board games like that at that age. Um, which is, which is really weird. Cause like, you know, girls are much, much more articulate at that age, just having the difference between my boys and my girl, but like just, just the, the whole game mechanics thing, like it's, it's really, you could see it just firing in, in his brain and he was like, just getting it. Um, and then, That's awesome. and then, uh, we pulled out actually this today, uh, we pulled out King of Tokyo and I taught him King of Tokyo. That was because he was he got that like we we did a couple like, you know, I walked him through the first couple of rounds and he really, really had a good time with our first playthrough. But it was just the two of us. So it happened real quick. So I got Eowyn to play and uh, that one took much longer. It's weird how adding like one more person in that game makes it take like twice as long or like yeah. four times as long. Yeah. But um, but man, like I, I wasn't helping Miles in that playthrough at all. He just got it. He, he understood what to do with the dice. I was amazed. And, and he didn't quite get the cards because I don't know if he has the reading comprehension for the cards half of it. It was really making me think I should have uh, gotten zombie dice. But like just the mm, dice rolling, yeah. the dice rolling mechanic of it, he got, he like picked it up. He's like, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he was making like pretty decent decisions on, on how to win his, how to, how to win the game. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was really funny because he was in Tokyo. He's like, I don't want to be in Tokyo. I don't want to take damage. Like you attacked me. You got to be in Tokyo. I left. You, you're the king of Tokyo now. <laughs> That's how it works. And then, and then, and then Ao was like, I'm going to attack him and rolled like five claws on him. And he started crying. He's like, why do you want to hurt me? Ao? <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. That's so adorable. Did, did he look up and just start going? Do you really want to hurt? No, he, he, I, I said, man, you're, it's the game, man. If she attacks you, you can leave Tokyo and put her in there. She's like, oh, then, then he, then, then all of the, the sorrow drained out of him. And he got that like subtle anger and he's like, yes, she could be in Tokyo now. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. No, I played, I played games with Eowyn at around that age and she never, she wasn't really into it, but man, Miles, Miles was into it. He was into it. He yeah, was all firing the kids on are a little cylinders. Different. Yeah, no, it was fascinating. So yeah, no, I can tell Miles is going to be my gaming buddy. I can tell. We're already playing Super Mario Brothers together like every night too, which is really fun. So yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that or looking forward. I'm, I'm living it now and it's awesome and I'm looking forward to even more to come. So that was my board games. I have three and you have one. I'm amazed. I've Just done this the for, one. I've done it for two weeks in a row, Jonathan. What the, up is right or up is down, left is right. Dogs and cats Look, living man, together, man. I get like, to what's the going end on? Of soccer season, it's on. <laughs> All right. Of course, with the with the uh, weather we have coming, like I might, you know, not make it through the night. So who knows? 
Yeah, yeah. Better better charge up that battery or whatever. Get the house up oh, to a hundred. <laughs> Just yeah, in case. No joke. Uh, alrighty. So that is board games. Where do you want to move next? Do uh, you do books? Sure. And okay. not and much on my my end. Just well, tell tell you what. Let me go uh, first. Let me go first. Yeah, go for it. And continue, Jonathan. All right. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, stepped into back into the Dresden series uh, now that I've gotten a couple other things out of the way, and uh, I am currently reading Blood Rites, uh, which is uh, interesting. Like things, it's been a while since I've read all the Dresden books, and things are really kind of starting to heat up. I'd forgotten this is kind of the the last two books are where the things the world really just genuinely opens up, and and the the narrative really starts to expand in a real positive way. So that's exciting. Nice. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of time to read. Not a lot of time to read. Good talk. Been, um, well, the problem is like there, it's really, really loud where I have to wait for the kids. And so I, you know, it's not a great place to read. So I've been playing a lot of video games because those are a little easier to drown out the, the din with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Movies and TV then? Yeah. Movies and TV. Uh, mine should be real quick. Are you ready? Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. 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 Good talk. All right. Well, for whatever reason, the daughter decided that she wanted to watch the Harry Potter movies, and we already owned them previous to the author being problematic. So, no, I, you know, she already got my money, I guess. So we we started watching them because why not? We we had them. I don't know what it is about Harry Potter. Like, there's something about it that that just like like there is some sort of magic in a bottle with it because I've seen the uh, I, I saw the first. Uh, Fantastic Beast movie and whatever lightning she had in that bottle, she lost it in that movie. And it's really obvious. And it's like fundamentally not different, yeah. you know? So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that she managed to grab, but yeah. So that was fun. And, uh, and we're on the fifth, no sixth one or yeah, we're going to start the sixth one tonight, I guess. And, uh, I've still been trudging through Babylon five. I tried to get as far as I could while it was on HBO. And then I had to go fish out my, uh, my DVDs, Find me some Babylon 5 oh, DVDs. discs. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. And it's kind of weird. So, like, they remastered it for HBO, but they remastered it in its original, like, 4 by 3 television aspect ratio. And they did something with the effect shots to not make them look so weird. <laughs> but the DVDs, like, kept it in the film, like, the, the, the letterbox. But the effect shots were yeah. filmed in the four by three. So the way that they solved that problem is they just sort of zoomed in on the effect shots and it looks real bad because not only is it city, you know, crappy CG from the nineties, but it was filmed in 800 P or whatever, like TV as TV resolution. And then it's blown up from there. So it doesn't translate very well is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It's like when that. I was watching the original star Wars on Blu-ray and you can see the brush strokes on the matte paintings. Yeah. 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 Some things just don't hold up. But I, I will continue to say that that show is much greater than some of its parts. Cause you know, as we will talk about later, it's like, you know, the show is not, you know, shot particularly great. The dialogue's weird. The acting's not, the acting's very inconsistent from actor to actor. And, and in some cases quite good. And in some cases just terrible. Oh my God. And I watched this episode today. You know how they have that set that's like in, in like one of the rotating sections and like the, the, ro the rotation kind of like goes up the wall, you know, they, they yeah. actually in the background, they had like, it looked like, like, like 
Cabbage Patch dolls or something like propped up in the background. Like there's people up <laughs> and it was so obvious. And, and even though it was like in its crappy resolution, I looked at it like that's terrible because like they, they've had that forever and there's nothing up there. And it's just weird. It's just like there's all these people just happen to be walking like right here and nobody's over there. But it like having dolls that weren't moving there, it was worse. It was way worse. <laughs> But yeah, man, there's something about that show. It's weird. It just, it, it, you add it all together and it, it, it somehow has a multiplicative effect and it's much better than it should be. I, I'm still having a very good time. That's all that's important at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, there's been talk of a reboot and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping it gets made. It'd be interesting to see him take another crack at that storyline. I'm kind of fascinated by it because he wants to do it. He wants to like write it again. And I'm like, that's odd. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I should feel about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Hey, maybe he's got unfinished business, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. I'm all done. Now I'm All right. So then shall we talk about RPGs? Sure. Because we are continuing our NBA uh, run. Yeah, yeah. We've actually been continuing it for a while. The problem is, I was telling Ray about this because he asked, like, why haven't we been mentioning it in the last couple episodes? And the reality of the story is, like, um, so typically uh, I start working on the script and I, like, make the template and everything uh, when there's something I want to put on the script that I want to definitely remember to put on the script. And if that doesn't occur, um, I usually make the script while I'm editing. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Which means there, there could be a gap between (laughs) when we record and like when I actually make the template, because I could be editing up until like immediately before release, like sometimes the day of. Um, so yes, we have been playing. It's just, I have forgotten to put that we've been doing it because we've been getting like about one session in a month for the last couple of months, at least. So, I mean, we're making progress. That last session was great, man. I had so much fun. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you, you guys murdered a lot of people, especially my wife murdered a special guest star, like within like 15 minutes of her uh, appearing on screen for the first time. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. It happens. It was so funny. But yeah, yeah, no. Well, the last session was very action-packed. Everybody got to do something, and everybody got to murder somebody in a creative way, so it seemed like everybody was happy. I mean, you, you killed Peter Capaldi's character. <laughs> uh, didn't just kill him. Like, we really killed him. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of exposition around that murder. <laughs> oh, man. Cast- but it was, you know, you, you told us to make it a story beat, so we made it a story beat. I Yeah, no, you guys were getting into it. It was fun. yeah. Yeah, no, we're 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 near the finale of the penultimate chapter. So like, yeah, the the next I'm kinda gonna be really sad when we get to the end. I gotta tell you. I, I hope I can make an ending that's worth it. But yeah, yeah, we should have one, hopefully, hopefully not two more sessions in this chapter, and then yeah, it'll be the finale. Like we'll be at the end. You guys are about to about to learn, like, you know, I'm about to spill a lot of the beans. <laughs> or Oh, you... but that makes it all worthwhile. We're getting to the core of the mystery now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully the finale. I can I can make the finale live up. But because I I I I kind of know. I I I pretty much know how the finale is going to go at this point. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of set in stone. Because yeah, Dracula's got a plan, and you guys have to stop it. I know what the plan is. I've no, I've known what the plan is now for a while. But yeah, it's all coming together. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. So you're, so safe to say you're still digging it and whatnot. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that last one was just so much fun. Like it was a uh, super action packed and it was just a great session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun. I, I hope did, that comes across how much fun we're having. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I well, how about this? I could tell when you're having a good time because you're extremely tired when we're playing. And so Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. So and, and not that you're not having a good time when you're like, I, I gotta go to bed, guys, I'm dying. But like, you know, I, I I'm not offended. I get why you why you say that. It's late for you. But you know, when, when oh, essentially I ran out of I ran out of steam. I, I'm I'm start literally nodding off in my chair. Yeah. But when we're having a really good session is is when you're very, very engaged with everything that's going on, uh, like especially late into the session, like you were that last time, like you were really, really, really engaged. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you were like just very excited. And then and then when it, it ended, like I heard you crash because like because <laughs> it, it ended. I'm like, OK, you know, that'll, and then I hear you go like <laughs> like your, your voice was like, OK, guys, I got to go to bed. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I, I literally heard you come down. It was amazing. There, there, there's a point. There's a point where the the tank just runs dry, my friend. It just runs dry. <laughs> but yeah, you were putting more into that tank, man, because you're having a good time. But then, then as, as soon as you were done, man, there was nothing. I, left. I dipped into the reserves, man, as, as deep as I could. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I, uh, yeah, no, it'll, it'll it'll be weird finishing this. I like I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. Like I've. Yeah, I thought we we're gonna do cyberpunk next. Well, we're I well, no, it's just like actually finishing this. Like I've 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 been neck deep in Dracula for uh, a year now, and I don't know. It's like it's gonna be weird not being neck deep in Dracula anymore. It's gonna be I don't know. It had to happen eventually. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the end of that, and then they'll yeah, we'll turn the page and start a new story. Well, yeah, and, and I know Ray wants to do some one shots. There were, there was talk of doing at least a session or two of Passione de las Passiones. I wouldn't mind oh, that. God, I yes, please. I wouldn't mind uh, doing actually uh, a session or two of uh, of Mike Hall's game too, because that 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 was a long time coming. I'd like to actually play that. Do do some fifty sci fi. Yeah. Um, Ray Ray was talking about running, wanting to run Root. I think for a session or two. I think it was Root. He was talking about running something at the very least. And yeah, so just doing a few one shots here and there. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then All I'm, right. I've got, uh, yeah, I got one last thing. So I've been, I've been kind of in a search for a new fantasy RPG because I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, Jonathan, after this whole debacle, which we will talk about next segment, um, with wizards of the coast is over. I, uh, I was kind of bored of D and D and, uh, you know, this whole thing made me realize, you know, there's other games out there and like, I've talked about it before on the podcast where I read a fantasy game and I'm like, why am I playing this when I could be playing D and D? And I think I'm going to use this whole stupid nonsense as an excuse to just put that away for a little bit and just try out some, uh, at least at least one, try to w- run like one honest game in something not D&D, but is also high fantasy. So I've been, I've been looking for the next thing. And I, I've kind of got it narrowed down to three things I'm going to try to keep my eye on. Uh, the first one is called Fantasy Age by Green Ronin. The second edition of it's coming out soon, actually. Like they say like next month soon, which at the time of recording is like literally the day after tomorrow. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so we'll see if it's out by the time this hits. Um, but yeah, that one, uh, it's the system that ma- powered the dragon age RPG that the, that green Ronin made. It's, it's the same system. So I've been, I've been toying with that one for years and I've never actually sat down and ran it. I, maybe I should. Cobalt press is making something they call project black flag. And even though, yeah, well, we'll talk about next session, but Watsi is, or, or Cobalt Press has said they're not going to throw up the white flag. They're still going forward with their plan to make kind of like a 
alternate fifth edition, which it sounds like is their plan. So we'll see how that shakes out. But that's going to start playtesting again next month. They say the end of next month because they're going to get done with a Kickstarter they're running and then they'll start that up. And then I've also got my eye on uh, Robert Schwab uh, made a game called Shadow of the Demon Lord, which was a little too edgelordy for my my blood because it was very, you know, it's like, oh, it's the apocalypse and it's metal. And, you know, I was just like, eh, not really my taste. But he's going to do more of a high fantasy, more air quotes, family friendly version of it called Shadow of the Weird Wizard. And I'm like, eh, OK, because the system intrigued me. I just didn't care about the subject matter. It was dark. <laughs> it was a little dark. So very, very kind of Warhammer fantasy role play meets Diablo. <laughs> I wouldn't mind running an Aliens one shot, by the way. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just throwing that out there because I've been wanting to get that. Well, I'll, out. well, tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll say it out loud right now. I, I think, I think what I would like to set up is like all four of us. One of us, like one of us, runs a one or two shot depending on how much time we need. Uh, game. You know, like all of us take a crack at something and then we can, I, I will be very happy to run the cyberpunk game after that. I really, really want to run and hopefully it'll be out by then. And I won't have to run off the, the draft that I have. Cause that would be rough. <laughs> well, there you go. There yeah. you go. Now there's a plan. I like it. You like it. So that, that leaves me with the question. What do I run? Do I run Mike's game or do I run Passion de las Passiones? Oh, you run Passion and I can do, I can do a shot with Mike's. Well, too. no, but I want to like, play alien. Do that or aliens doesn't matter. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We can, we can always do more than one one shot. That's okay. That's true. I mean, the, the, the whole the whole point is to give ourselves a, a little breather from the, the long, year-long campaign, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know, frankly, if Gina would want to run anything either. So maybe I'll maybe I'll take her spot. I don't know. We'll see. Or, there maybe, you go. or maybe I could talk her into something. Maybe she, maybe she does actually have something she wants to run. Who knows? I haven't actually talked to her about this. Maybe I should. <laughs> all right. Well, that's um, it. All right. That is, of course, the end of our off-the-shelf segment. And so now it's time for a quick break. And when we return, it will be time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. We will see you in a moment. We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find the link on our website, ForgotMyDice.com. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find us at Forgot My Dice. And of course, you can email us at fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our website, ForgotMyDice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation. Robert, this, this needs to stop. Listen, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I will not make any deals with you. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Oh, God, I'm going to cut his cord. <laughs> And now, of course, it is time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. It is, of course, our bi-weekly tabletop news segment where we talk about everything that's been in the news and not a ton of stuff today. Robert, what do you have first? Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. 
I'm so glad we didn't talk about the OGL stuff too much last time because <laughs> <laughs> that, that is some fast moving news, man. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, that's 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 been a um, trying to think of the G-rated version of the expression. Uh, it's been a show. It's been a show. Nothing but uh, intense drama. That, that, yeah, it's been a poop show. It's been a poop show. Yes. Oh, we we yes. we dropped the S bomb. I, I man, I had to bleep so much last time. I I I was angry. Sorry. No, actually, it was me. <laughs> I assumed it was me because he generally is. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, no, the the big news from the OGL drama is Jonathan. We won. Or or hot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think <laughs> at the end of the day, you can say that very 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 um strongly. We won. The nerds won again. I know. Weird. So just to go over the quick timeline, January fifth. They, uh, the, the draft of the OGL got leaked, but it wasn't a draft because they were trying to get people to sign it back in December. So clearly not a draft on January 12th, uh, people rallied, started canceling D&D beyond, and it led to Watsy canceling a stream that they were planning to announce all this nonsense. And they went kind of silent, uh, on the 20th, they announced a play test of OGL 1.2, uh, which did not go well. And then last Friday, as of recording on the 27th, they just announced that they wouldn't be doing... Then on uh, January 27th, just last Friday from the time we recorded, they announced they wouldn't be doing it at all. They, they said, okay, never mind, we're done. And they put uh, the uh, D&D 5, or the 5th edition SRD 5.1 uh, into the Creative Commons too, just because they're like, you know, I, I, we understand if you don't trust us anymore, so now you can do this too. So yeah, and then uh, I've gotten reports that they're trying to set up a meeting with uh, various D&D influencers to do a QA or something and try to p- get people back in the fold or something. I'm not sure, but I've seen a few creators kind of mention that they've gotten emailed about that. So yeah, man. Oh, ho, ho, ho. You, you and I have been sharing a lot of very interesting articles back and forth this last week. It's, it's, it's just been crazy. How about this? I don't know if like we won because we didn't really lose anything. I guess we defended our ground, but like wizards, man, holy God, did they, they burn some goodwill. They burned it all up. <laughs> like, wow. And and incidentally, once again, they're creating their own competition because Paizo announced that they had they were sitting on stock of Pathfinder stuff, like the, the main book and whatnot, that they thought would last them eight months. Eight months, and they are sold out. And Chaosium said something very similar about the uh, Call of Cthulhu starter set. Uh, so, yeah, like like, you know, it seems like people are looking for new stuff. Imagine that. Hey, what's the old adage? You know, vote with your dollar, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm there too. I think it's very clear. I think it's very clear what 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 people are telling. No, me. I, I I'm I'm right there too. I've been I've been bored of running at least D and D for a very long time. Like I haven't been able to work up the will to do it. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just kind of like you know what? I think I'm going to skip sixth edition at least initially. I'm not gonna. I'm not just going to go auto buy the, the the first run of books. I'll I'll wait until I'm actually playing in something. And uh, if if people want me to run something, I'm thinking I'm going to just run something else because I'm I'm I don't know I don't know. Anyway, I talked about it last segment. Anyway, don't get me started on that again. <sighs> but it's fun. It is fun. So not that I was planning on running D and D next anyway. I'm hopefully I'll be doing that cyberpunk game. But we'll see what sticks out of what we talk about. And I'll, I'm hoping you do the cyberpunk game because I really want to play the cyberpunk game. <laughs> it's a weird one. 
Anyway, yeah, no, I know that's why I really wanted. Anyway, it. that that's the news. Like, like it's it's been it's been wild, and and it's like you know my prediction that I wouldn't have a million dollar Kickstarter is that is that null now because we won and potentially people can do that. Like, I I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. What's going on right now? We we live in an interesting. Uh, we time. will find out eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the dust is settling, but yeah, that that's why I have no news. Everybody's kind of like like I don't know. We, we, I I think over the weekend we had the the you know the last couple scenes from Star Wars where people are partying on Coruscant and pulling down statues of the Emperor, and now everybody's just kind of going like oh oh crap, what next? You know, like every, that seems to be where everybody's at at the moment. Like like the creators and people who are making stuff, they're like, do we keep going? Do we do something else? Like what's going on? And and yeah, Paizo says they're gonna keep working on the orc. I don't know, man. It's it's a weird time. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Mythic Games. Uh, last year, they ran into some problems, um, you may have heard. They got into a situation where their their latest Kickstarter, um, which was funded pre-COVID and pre-Ukrainian uh, you know, war and whatnot, ran into some difficulties because things got a lot more um, expensive. Right. So last summer they basically came out and said, hey, we need to get another, like, I think the game backed something like 5.5, 5.6 million, something like that. And they were asking backers to pay, basically, depending on their pledge level, anywhere from 18 to 70 bucks to to help them finish out the game and get it going because they had estimated that with modern pricing, their um, cost of manufacture and cost of shipping had gone up something like $1.4 million from their initial estimate. Ah, you can find that in the, the you know pockets of your couch. Oh yeah, yeah. You just gotta move the cushion. Move the cushion to the left. It's in it's there. In there. Yeah. It's in yeah. there. It's in there. Yeah. So um yeah, they, they ended their campaign way back in November of 2020. Uh and <laughs> so things got a lot more expensive since then. Um for everything, basically. Well, guess what? They are now selling some of their properties. Uh, I don't know if it's connected to the uh, financial issues that they've been having, uh, but it's clear that they are trying to raise some money. So Simon uh, and Monolith have purchased some of Mythic property, uh, Mythic's properties. Simon is acquiring Steam Watchers, Super Fantasy Brawl, and Enchanters from Mythic Games, while Monolith is acquiring Solomon Kane and Reichbusters from Mythic Games. Um, and Monolith has already announced that they are planning on continuing in both of those franchises and really kind of building them out more. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's, 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 in a way, it's kind of sad that they've been forced to sell some of their IP, um, but I'm glad that it get to live on with other makers. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's wild. I missed Reichbusters when it came out, and I really wanted to play it. I've never even heard of it, to be honest with you. It's bananas. Uh, think uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards, except kind of with like a 1920s, 1930s serial vibe. Hmm. Makes sense. And then I've got two little news bites, little, little, little tiny stories. Uh, number one, um, uh, Everdell, which has been the, the darling as of late uh, at a lot of cons, um, from Starling Games is getting bigger and bigger. We are now getting My Little uh, Everdell. Um, it is a version of Everdell that has been slimmed down and aimed at a younger audience, um, simplified versions of the tableau building, simplified versions of a bunch of other stuff. And, um, yeah, just, it's, it's another one of these, uh, properties that's, that's aiming itself at a slightly younger audience, which I think is fantastic because 
some of those games do get a little bit complicated, uh, especially for younger kids. And this gives them an option to to slide on in and and get the same fix um, and still enjoy that universe, which is awesome. It makes me super happy. Nice. And then finally, in the why department, we're getting fried chicken playing cards that that smell like the fried chicken. That's they're adding smell to the cards. The cards they smell of the fried chicken. Jonathan, that's not that, that's not just playing cards. That's playing cards 4D. It's a sensory <laughs> overload. <laughs> Yes, there's a company called MPC, uh, and they ran this this on Kickstarter, and apparently they're they're they funded and they're getting made. Um, and I and I quote here from MPC's press release. <laughs> it's really hard not to laugh. Adding a smell factor into playing cards seemed almost natural to us, as a lot of playing card enthusiasts or normal people alike simply like to smell a deck of cards as soon as they open a new deck of cards. While a deck of freshly cut cards smells magical, why not take it to the next level? End quote. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm looking at the Kickstarter page. There's this amazing gif of just somebody like running their nose like so slowly over the deck. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. So yes, yes. They, our, our, our first why story of 2023. Playing cards that smell like fried chicken coming to a store. I, near sent, I sent you the gif and it should be on your phone. Tell me what you think. All right, let me let me let me open my phone here. <laughs> that's that's not that's not even like a light scent. There's that's a sensual scent. I know, no, it's so it's so oddly seductive and wrong. Like like yeah, this yeah, is, that's what I'm saying. It's that's 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 sensual uh, sensual sniffing of the playing card. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I don't know if it's an effect or just something in the background, but it doesn't it look like a little bit of like hot chicken steam is coming out of the deck right at the beginning of that i'll tell you what we need to play we need to get a copy of these cards both of us and have a deck of them when we do our our q a for for 200 <laughs> oh, oh check. tell me that doesn't just fit the uh fit the theme check, check out this next gif that's on <laughs> are you sending it to me yeah, i just did yeah wow Oh man! The Again, there's a certain sensuality to this gif. Oh man, they've got a ton of these. This is amazing. Oh, are you sending another one? Yeah, I see the dots. <laughs> oh my god, that guy—he's—he's he's in it like a line of coke in that third one. <laughs> oh, these are great. <laughs> there is steam coming out of the the fanned cards. <laughs> Speaking of doing it like a lot of coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. They nailed the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. If you need yourself um fried chicken scented playing cards, that's a thing now. You know what? Congratulations. There's there's some hidden life advice in here. Like you know, you need to fall in love with uh, a man or a woman that, you know, is into you as much as that dude is into those playing cards. Yeah. Get get, <laughs> get you somebody that's going to love you like this dude loves his fried chicken scented playing cards. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, hashtag things that never thought I never thought I would say in my entire life. All right. Moving right along. Robert. I've been waiting this for waiting for this for hours. <laughs>
It is now time for our King in All Things segment. This is part 23 of our 44-part series, A King in All Things, where we are watching all of the Stephen King movies based on novels and novellas in order of release date, along with the occasional extra. (laughs) We are in 2003 in in a movie directed, I might add, by, and written by Lawrence Kasdan, which should carry some weight. No, it really shouldn't. This killed his career for like a decade or two. Like, gosh, he, I wonder why, Robert. <laughs> like, he literally has no credits. For, well, he has a few, but it's mostly like story by credits from 2003 till The Force Awakens. Like, all right. So, so tell us about Dreamcaster. Or dream, I can't even speak. Tell us about 2003's Dreamcatcher. Uh, directed or directed, uh, directed by our friend Lawrence Kasdan, of course, uh, made for a budget of $68 million, which was not a small amount back in that day. Uh, it made $75 million. <laughs> so it made its budget back sort of, Oh God, on purpose too. Like the, people actually sought it out. Technically. I, well, it was, so I, I went and saw it because, uh, again, it's that old story. I, I broke up with my very longtime girlfriend, and my, my buddy's like, we need to get out of the house. Let's go watch a movie. I'm like, God, there's nothing I want to see. And they're like, well, the Animatrix thing is in front of Dreamcatcher. Let's go see that. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see that just to see, you know. How, how much of that box office take do you think was because they did that? Uh, I, you know, like more power to Warner Brothers. But I, I really do get this, the sense that that was 100% what drove that number up. You know what? I don't believe in absolutes because only the Sith deal in absolutes, my friend. But I, I will go as high as 99%. I'm sure there is 1% of people who's like, a Stephen King adaptation by Lawrence Kasdan? I'm in. <laughs> Dude, on paper, this thing works. Written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Um, tell us a little bit about the cast. Uh, I need to actually drag him up. You got the other Wahlberg. No, the ca- the cast is is amazing. Frankly, like you got the Punisher, Tom Jane, Tom Jane in there. Yeah, you got uh, you got. Uh, this is pre missed Tom Jane too. I might add. You've got Damian Lewis from uh, Band of Brothers, and then later from that uh, Showtime show about the traitor. I can't remember the name of the show. You got the Morgan Freeman. Doing like playing yeah, a you got psycho. Morgan Freeman. He's playing like a psycho too, which you never see. You know, he's playing like a psycho yeah. military like badass, and, it, and it, like it worked sort of. Like like he was kind of scary. Like I, I bought like like Morgan Freeman like because normally you know oh, Mor- no Mor- Morgan Freeman was was chilling. Yeah, was absolutely chilling. Like the the dude's chewing up the scenery. Like you got you got baby Timothy Oliphant. You got uh, Jason uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Jason Lee, Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Sober Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Sober Tom Sizemore, no less. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the Kevin Smith favorite, Jason Lee, basically playing Jason Lee. The only time he doesn't play Jason Lee is when he plays Earl. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like, like the cast is great. And and honestly, say what you will about the dialogue, and we talked about the dialogue uh, off the air. Um, like, their chemistry together, it works. Like, I buy that they're friends. You know, like, they obviously got along during filming, you know, at the very no, least. No, no, no. The, the, they're doing what they can with let's get it out of the way. I think maybe the worst script ever written. Yeah. So I read the book um, prior to seeing the movie. I did too. I, that was why I went and saw the movie in the theaters. I was actually excited about this movie when it came out. Cause I actually kind of enjoyed the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I realized as I was talking to you about it, like this is the book is essentially um, a reboot 
uh, or a, re- a retelling of Alien. Like, and they, they even call it out because they there's a there's like a red fungus kind of a la Lord of the World. Uh, oh yeah, they call it Ripley. Yeah, they call it the Ripley. But it's it's kind of like a la uh, War of the Worlds, the the red stuff that grows everywhere. It's got its own red stuff that grows everywhere. But yeah, no, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. But it's it's basically Alien. But instead of coming out their chest, they come out your butt. Like, you know, I. It's so weird. I I I, I don't know. It, there's there's so so much that goes wrong. So, okay, it it should be said. Oddly enough, this is a relatively faithful adaptation. I I don't think it deviates much from the book. That being said, it cuts a lot of stuff out. It cuts a lot of stuff out. The ending's very different, too. Yeah, because, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie is, like, the first third of the book. Like, they don't even get to the lodge. Dude, what ending? What ending? The movie's, like, plodding along, and then all of a sudden it, it, it wraps itself up in 38 seconds. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, just the the exact circumstances of it, uh, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let, let's talk about the dialogue because I think it is important that we talk about it on the show because you and I had a long exchange on text. It's terrible. It is just jaw droppingly horrendous. I had this feeling that because the characters in the book are supposed to be forty, if I remember correctly, and I do not think Stephen King was 40 when he wrote this, because I think the, these kids would have grown up like a decade or more after he did. Actually, more than that, because if they're 40 in the 2000s, that means they were like pre-teens and like what? Like it would have been like the early 70s, right? And right, so Dreamcatcher was released in 2001. Well, the book, yeah. Stephen King was born in 1947. So he would have been 54 when it came out. Yeah, but the his characters were supposed to come up like basically a decade later than he did. And and he pulls that classic thing of like I don't know how the kids write. So he just sort of like invents slang, you know, for these kids from the 1970s. And you and I were talking about it. Like they have a couple of phrases that have come up since childhood cuz I have got a couple of phrases I still say for, based off of stuff I said when I was a kid, you know. So do I. So do I. Every, everybody has a couple, but that this is like all they do is use their old phrases. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it's so it feels like it feels like Kasdan didn't realize that he didn't need to spend two hours connecting us between, you know, connecting the characters of the of the present to the characters in the past. Like it could have just as easily been done in five seconds and then, you know, and you don't have to revisit it. Yeah. Hold on. I'm I'm, I'm checking something because I, I think I got some bad news for you, sir. Oh, yeah. You know who also wrote the screenplay? William Goldman. Oh, God. William Goldman wrote it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I know. God. I know. How did this much talent produce this? It really is just shockingly terrible. Okay, so honestly. How did Warner Brothers even release it? Like, legitimately, I am, I'm asking that. How did Warner Stephen Brothers King, not look at this thing and just go, whoa, Stephen King, whoa. Stephen King adaptations at the what time. What did we do? Stephen King adaptations at the time. Like, this was kind of the tail end of, like, a, a whole bunch of, like, really, really good ones. And, yeah, it was just it was just a thing. Like, you know, just doing a Stephen King adaptation, especially one that had Morgan Freeman in it. Like, and, and it's not that parts of the movie don't work because there's a couple of scenes in particular that actually work very well. Like the, the first one that comes to mind is when the they're looking out the, the window and they see all the animals running away. Yeah, yeah. Even though the, the compositing in that shop uh, in that shot by by today's standards is terrible, like it does work as as a concept and it is kind of chilling. Like when you see predators running right by prey and not even stopping to look at them because they're so terrified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
They don't spend enough time in the past. No, because a lot of the book is in the past. They don't spend enough time on arguably the linchpin character, which is, uh, what'd they name him? Duddits? Duddits. Yeah, Duddits is the linchpin of the entire story and then spends like 18 seconds on screen. I, uh, when I was watching this in the theaters, uh, me and my crew literally laughed out loud when, uh, <laughs> when it was revealed who was playing him. <laughs> It was like, oh my god, I can't believe they got. Oh it. my god, it's so awkward and it's handled so disingenuously. Yeah, yeah. I will say this: unlike say Lawnmower Man, they are it, it's a lot better handled. You know, having a, uh, you know, ha- having a character like that, it's not. It, that it isn't like insulting. In, in, we, in, 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 we, it, no, it's not. It's not insulting. It's just poorly constructed. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But at least the way the character is treated is 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 good. Actually, is very good. But yeah. Anyway, Jonathan, this this honestly, this type of movie right here is my favorite kind of movie. I love, love highly polished turds of movies. Oh, I I, I enjoyed watching it, and actually, there's some there's some surprisingly good special effects in it. Like finding a really good polished turd is is pretty hard because a lot of movies that end up bad end up bad because they're boring, and a polished turd can't ever be boring. It just has to be phenomenally no, flawed. No, this is not boring. It's just a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, and and up there, like Streets of Fire, I think you could you could argue is a polished turd, um, <laughs> uh, and and Life Force is one of my favorite polished turd movies. I love Life Force because it's it is it is really poorly made <laughs> in a lot of ways, and it's like, but it's but that's the thing too. Like I was watching the movie and it was, the cinematography was great. Like like it was shot well. Like everything about it was yes. fine. No, that's that's the thing. The, the, the whole thing is like. You can't point at anything in the movie and go, well, that's incompetent. Like the the the, the movie is well constructed. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's still a fing mess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a well constructed mess. All right, Jonathan. So where are we gonna put this in the the hierarchy? I, I I said I'd absolve You know, I'm looking right now. I've been looking right now. Uh I'm 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 uh Man, I don't know. It's pretty freaking bad. Okay, okay. Well, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. The two movies... It, it's not thin or bad. No, I don't even think it's Lawnmower Man bad. And it's not Creepy Carrie bad. No. But it's... Man, I feel like maybe between Cujo and Lawnmower Man? I disagree entirely. I um, I would put it... Oh, God, that script is so Lawnmower Man. R- no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because it's not offensive. One of the reasons Lawnmower Man was so low was because it was just offensive. You know, with with the lead. Well, okay, I, I don't mean offensive in that respect. I mean the the quality of the dialogue is offensive. Well, yeah, but but the lawnmower man and, and you, you you. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the lawnmower man. The plot of it is offensive. You know, like it's fundamentally. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think Dreamcatcher is that bad. Like, I don't. How about this? I I actually would put it above Firestarter because it's not boring, and that is Firestarter's big sin and Cujo for that matter. They're both incredibly boring films. Like you just sit there and you're watching them. And you're like, oh my god, how long have I been here? And you look at your watch. It's like it's been 35 minutes. No, <laughs> you know. But like, there's no point in this movie where I I was like just sitting there going like, God, when will this stupid movie? Well, okay, I got that way near the end, but still, it wasn't like the whole thing is just like just agonizing. What ending? There's no ending. It's like 18 seconds of wrap up. I know. I'm still saying I think it's better than Firestarter, or, or I think it's um yeah, I think it's better because it's, it's not better than Running Man. I would agree with that. Running Man's got its 80s charm. R- I mean, look, 
Running Man is a terrible movie, but it's terrible in all the right ways. Okay, okay. It, it's enjoyable and never boring. Okay, so... So I, I think we just said it. I think it goes between Running Man and Firestarter in 18th place. Okay. Okay. I mean, if you want to put it below Firestarter, you, right. could, you could argue your point. Like, I... I I just I just remember Firestarter being incredibly dull. Firestarter is you you so here's the thing. Firestarter is incredibly dull, but at least the characters don't sound completely, you know, made up and fake in the way they speak English. Like But the casting on it was terrible oh. too. Do you remember how bad the casting in that movie was? Yes, that's why I'm putting it above Firestarter. Okay. Because Dreamcatcher is a competently constructed film and it's a well-acted film despite the fact that they were handed this just dirty I'm I'm reminded of that that scene from Train Spotting the the dirtiest toilet in all of Scotland. Oh. Man, that's basically the script. You, you know what? You know what parts had me just laughing and I was like so into the movie when they were happening. Um when uh, when Jonesy was possessed by Mr. Gray and he's like, "Oh, jolly good." Yes, I I'm I'm a space alien talking oh with a British God. accent. Oh, it was so funny. Uh the 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 actor said he was doing his best impression of Malcolm McDowell. Uh that was how he was acting that. And I'm like, "Yeah." When I read that, I'm like, "Yeah, I can see that." <laughs> I can see that. I can see Malcolm McDowell right there. That's hilarious. He, he did some really interesting stuff physically, like differences in the way he moved. You know, one thing that absolutely drove me crazy. Hmm. Why, when we're seeing the guy trapped in his own head, in his own mental construct, does he still limp? Why is he limping? Why are you limping in your own mind? Well, maybe his discomfort, you know, like... Oh, that's a bunch of horse crap. He's disconnected from his body. His 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 personality has been completely removed from from physical aspect. Like it's ah, whatever. I don't care about that. Oh my god, it was so dumb. Where did you learn that neat trick of yours? I want to know. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I love that part. It's like why is this space sailing? I do too. That's the that's that's the that's the part that I don't understand. I had a good time watching it, but I got to the end of it. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I feel like I got hit in the face repeatedly, but I kind of want another go. Yeah. Hey man. Hey man. Hey. I'm glad we see eye to eye on this because you were saying it was going to be like the bottom rung, and I'm like, dude, Dreamcatcher's not that bad. It's not that bad. Well, I didn't think it was going to age well, but there's actually aspects of the film that age pretty gracefully. Although I do have to say, like, of all the things to get wrong, just just get the pilot position in the Apache right, okay? The pilot's in the back, the gunner's in the front. That's the way that works. Stop trying to make it the other way. It annoys me. Also, don't show me some shots where the, the, you know, chain gun on the Apache sounds correct, and then show me other shots where you're trying to make it sound like a minigun. Like, it, it's not a minigun. It's chain gun. It's different. It, it, oh, my God. It's like, don't use different sound effects for your same freaking thing. Like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> right, y'all, old boy. Shall we move on with the rest of the podcast, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Just pilot in the back, damn it. Maybe you can teach me how to move on to the next segment, huh? Hey there, old boy. <laughs> I don't know whether to cry or laugh at this point. Oh, my God. What a mess. I would love to hear if anybody listens or anybody listening goes and watches that movie. I, I just want to I want to understand what just happened. You know what? You know what? We, we've got a professor of pop culture that like listens to our podcast. So, um, uh, 
Brendan, if you're out there. Yeah, shout out. I double dog dare you to watch this film. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Uh, I double dog dare you with sugar on top. Also, I, hell, man, if you want, I'll pay for the rental. <laughs> get it from your library. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere. You can't get it for free anywhere. No, I, I, I paid three American dollars for the privilege of having that two by four slapped into my face. You know what? You know what? Like when you hit the send on that, if this was like some sort of film or whatever, it would cut to like Loris Kazdan, you know, like, you know, sitting down with a little cup of tea. And then like um, he gets an alert and he looks at his phone while he's taking a sip. And then it says like, you know, he gets his two cents for directing Dreamcatcher on his residuals. He just spits (laughs) the entire cup out all over like his wife or something. Because... You you know you know it's not even gonna come in on his phone. You know it's gonna be a check in the mail, and the postage will have cost the company more than paying him out for the residual. And he's gonna open up the envelope and go, Dreamcatcher, who the f- is watching Dreamcatcher? <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! Hey, if anybody knows Lawrence Kasdan and and and. We can get him on the show. I'd love to ask him what happened because, like, I have a lot of respect for the guy's writing. Okay, you know what? Like, you know what's funny? The, the, I was the guy was a, a beast. I was reading. I was reading. Uh, he was talking about the film failing, and he, and he had this like moment of crisis. He's like, "Oh my god, people don't like the same stuff that I do." And I'm like, "Wow!" Like, there's no admission in there that he may be f- up. You know, <laughs> like, there's no comprehension that maybe something went wrong. It's like, no, no, no. It's the children that are wrong. <laughs> Dude, it's 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 crazy. The guy is a really, really good writer. Okay, like the Big Chill, Wyatt Earp, uh, Raiders of the Freaking Lost Ark. <sighs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. We've set our piece. We've set our piece. Dreamcatcher didn't get the bottom. My, my memory of my poor departed friend can live on. Not at the bottom of the no. It didn't get the bottom. I it, told it, you. It, it really. Like, I told you it wouldn't get the bottom. You have to be. To, to get to the bottom now, uh, because there's been three instances of this, you have to like legitimately be intentionally uh, attacking a, a basically a, a, a group of people like it's it's hard to hit those bottom three now. We will see. Well, OK, actually, oh. that reminds me. Uh, so next up, we have uh, Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Uh, 2004, I think, was when it came out. You know, I never saw that movie. I'm very curious about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. So it, that'll be interesting. And then after yeah, that, Jonathan, either. after that, something to look forward to if the next one's bad. We get the thing that we both agreed we want to watch after we saw the previous one. It is the TV miniseries Salem's Lot with Rob Lowe. That, that's next next. This will be our, our what, third third trip to Salem's Lot? Second. It'll be the second trip to Salem's Lot. It'll be my third because oh, yeah. I, I watched that terrible, terrible sequel on HBO Max. And you should, too. It's real bad. It's real, real bad. It's amazing. No, we watched a miniseries, but didn't they make a movie? We watched the movie too, didn't we? No, no, they never made a movie. The Salem's Lot movie? No. No, we didn't watch a movie. Oh, I must be thinking of something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch it with Rob Lowe. That's next, next. So yeah, Secret Window and then Salem's Lot. That's what's coming up. Good times. Yeah. And and just to, to give everybody a quick update, we've now had 23 entries on the list. This ranked 18 out of the 23rd films. Only films worse than it. Firestarter Cujo, Lawnmower Man Carrie, and Thinner. Misery still reigns high up on the list as number one. I, I do, Looking at the list, is there anything that's going to unseat Misery? I don't know. Like, something could surprise us. Like, I don't... Maybe Dr. Sleep. I really like Dr. Sleep. And I know you haven't seen it. 
I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, and I've been intentionally staying away from it because I knew I know it's coming up in the in. Yeah, in after the, after I read the, the list. after I read The Shining, or yeah, yeah, I I I've watched it actually twice on my own. I, I really liked it both times because after I read the book version, I wanted to watch the movie again, so I, I watched it again. There's a couple of movies here that I have not read the book or seen the movie, like Riding the Bullet or A Good Marriage. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anything will beat it. I, Doctor Sleep might. Doctor Sleep might. Hmm. Rain the bullet. 1408. The mist. No smoking. I'm curious to see where the mist is going to sit because I have very good thoughts about the mist. Dolan's Cadillac. Yeah. If anything else hits the top five, it'll, it'll, I'm going to, I know I'm going to push for Dr. Sleep. I really liked it. I really, really liked it. That's the only one I see on here where I know I'm going to, maybe the it movies will score high. It chapter one and chapter two. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have not. I've not seen the 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 new ones. I you know obviously saw the old one with uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Curry. Anyway, it'll be interesting. <sighs> I'm really curious if anything's going to knock uh, Firestarter out of the uh, the bottom five. God, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not seeing any smoking. Any more smoking turds on there? Well, yeah, but it doesn't. It just has to be somehow more boring than. <laughs> Firestarter. I'm like, come on, man. Because Firestarter is not like... Is that even possible? I don't know, man. But it's like, I don't I don't like it being down there with those other pieces of... Like, the the, the four below it are, are, are really fundamentally just awful movies. And Firestarter isn't fundamentally anything. It's just really just, just like... <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> I definitely got to the end of this movie and, and asked myself, why do I do this to myself? Because it's fun. <laughs> It is because <laughs> that is the right answer. It is, but but you you do have to sit there and and ask yourself what 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 have I done? Here? <laughs> what what made me choose this? Choose life, damn it! Sometimes just having an excuse to do something stupid is its own reward, sir. You just got to look at the beauty inherent in the system. <laughs> oh, indeed. All right. Well, that brings us to our here in the life segment. It is now time for God. Can you imagine when this is going to come up in the the, the future year in the life? Uh, it's our segment where we look at what we deeped over a year ago and we have a bunch of time to talk about it again. Uh, let's see. We had a couple episodes in the year in life this time. Yeah. 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 Uh, forgot my dice 120 Buy a smaller bucket and 121 like a battle nun. Uh, we did predictions and nothing cause you were really busy after the holidays last year. So yeah, it was predictions. God, that, that trend is holding true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's holding even more true. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. But yeah, yeah, we didn't. <sighs> Driver's license is happening in seven months, man. That's going to help so You're much. You're just counting the days. So let's see. What's in the old tag cloud? Yes. Oh, Bob Saget. That was when he died, huh? Or something. Oh. Yeah. That's sad. Uh, I was reading many. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was when I was diving deep into Dracula because we had just started Night's Black Agents. You were loving Lawn Mowing Simulator. You still Have we been playing NBA for a, a year? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. We, wow. Yeah. Lawn mowing sim- simulator was a year ago. Yeah. Uh huh. No joke. Carlos wants me to install a power washing simulator. <laughs> He's really into it. Apparently. Nice. Uh, that was when the Trinity anima, cause I was talking about it back then. Uh, yeah. More Dracula. Lots of Dracula. Lot of Dracula. But yeah, yeah. We we're playing the Dracula dossier by then. So that, that definitely was happening. Oh, we watched Cycle of the the Were or you read Cycle of the Werewolf because of uh I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what else were we watching. What was the where were the King movies? Uh 
You're the cycle of the werewolf. Da, 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 da. Where's the King movie? Oh, you watched Runaway with Tom Selleck back then. Haha, <laughs> nice. Oh, we watched. Oh my god. We watched uh, Stand By Me was one of them. And The Running Man. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that is a year in the life. So it's break time. And when we return, we've got a special Valentine's Day um, bend to our deep dive. We're doing things a little bit differently this episode. We'll see you in just a moment. Do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. Welcome back for the break. It is now time for what would traditionally be our deep dive, but we're doing things a little bit differently today in honor of Valentine's Day. Or if you're an F1 fan like me, Ferrari launch day? Why Ferrari? Why? But that's another discussion for another day. Robert, what are we doing? Uh, we're just bringing you a few ideas to game with that special someone in your life with games that are about passion or love or whatever, or how to bring those ideas onto your table. All right. Well, I mean, passion is a good way to start it out, so why don't you tell us about your passion project? <laughs> it's not my passion project, but... It's gonna be. It's gonna <laughs> be. Well, we've done a whole episode on it, but a long, long time ago on the Kickstarters, uh, Passion de las Pasiones uh, was released to us, and uh, we were oddly fascinated um, this is, of course, the uh, telenovela uh, role-playing game system. And having read through it, first off, uh, I, I got the full kit for it, Jonathan. So I got the card deck with characters and the dice. And do you know what the sixes are on the six-sided dice? Hearts? Uh, it's hearts with little arrows through them, my friend. There Just you go. A, yeah, yeah. So because it's, uh, it's you know, Mexican soap operas, there's a lot of passion in that game. and And even some of the characters have you know, abilities where, you know, you're supposed to use them to, to, to make the, the opposite gender swoon and whatnot. So, you know, and, and I mean, it's just part of the genre that, you know, people sleep with each other in various, probably poorly thought out ways. So yeah, it's a thing. So yeah, if you want to give, uh, give that a try and have some gamified drama, uh, yeah, go and check out Passion de las Passiones. It's out now. It should be in stores and stuff. It's, it's available and whatnot. And we suggest it because it's awesome. Oh, yeah. And brought to you by Magpie Games. All right. Well, my first pick is um, a, a game called Love Letter, which many of you have probably heard of. Uh, it's a lovely game, two to four players. And it's all about, you know, it's a combination of risk, a little bit of luck, and a whole lot of deduction. Um, you have a goal of getting your love letter into a princess's hands uh, while basically trying to avoid the other suitors that are trying to get the princess's attention uh, to get their love letter to her first. So you only have 16 cards in the whole deck. You're only going to have one card in your hand. And uh, on your turn, you're going to draw a card, play a card, and try and expose everybody else so that you're knocking them out of the game. There's a lot of really neat little ways that you can do that. And at the end of the day, you're basically just trying to deduce 
the right way forward so that you can be the winning suitor. It's it's a it's a fun game. I definitely think it, it works for two players, but this would be a fun one for a double date. You can get uh, four people in it. It's uh, four, It really hums it four. It's really fun. And you can get Love Letter in like every flavor under the sun. There's been so many versions of Love Letter. Oh, yeah, I know. Like a Batman one, which is really funny. What are you trying to do with that one? Get a letter to Catwoman or something? I don't know. I haven't played the Batman one yet. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. After I said it, I even had that thought in my head. I know you I had that thought in your head. King. I know. I know you had that thought in your head. I could hear it. I'm, I'm psychic. You know what I they put that? French fries? You know what they put on French fries in, in Europe? In Paris. Mayonnaise. Sorry, in Paris. Or in Paris? Mayonnaise, man. They f- drown in that shit. What? <laughs> All right, so if you want to have a more intimate experience with uh, just two players, uh, I would highly suggest uh, the game Starcrossed by Alex Roberts. Uh, You can get a very, very deluxe edition of the game that is very, very, very heavy because you play it uh, not with dice like a normal role-playing game. You play it with a set of Jenga blocks, uh, much like the, uh, the game Dread. And so basically, uh, very similar to Dread, uh, you just pull stuff off the tower. When the tower crashes, the game's over. But the theme of this game is you play star-crossed lovers, two people who so, so, so thirstily want to be with each other, but just can't for reasons. Uh, My favorite one, the one that I always go back to, is one of the examples of it is a... uh, uh, kind of like that uh, you're, you're like a you're like an astronaut or something on some sort of space mission and the only person you have to talk to is like your you know AI Hal or whatever Cortana whatever you want to call it um, and it's just the two of you and the two of you have fallen in love and basically when the tower crashes that's when your mission's over and you have to go <laughs> and, it, and it's just it's just over and that's what the whole game's about it's just you r- role-playing just just the just the the, the the lovers bouncing off each other because also part of the rules is you can't ever give into it because you just can't so you got to just keep like, keep like, just keep that sexual tension or whatever. Just, just uh, grating. And I don't know. It sounds like stupid fun. I've been, uh, I've been meaning to play it with Gina forever. It's just with children and Stellaris and her reading her romance novels and whatnot. We have just never gotten around to it. Starcrossed, Alex Roberts. Uh, I, what is the game company? Oh my God. That text is small. My old eyes. Bully Pulpit Gaming. Bully Pulpit Games. And, uh, yeah, if you see a box of it, it's really heavy. It's cause it's got Jenga blocks in it. And if you don't need another set of Jenga, then I think you could get the rule book separately. Try to do that or buy it like digitally and just get a Jenga blocks. That's all you need. Although I guess it's like not Jenga cause that's trademark. So it's the tower stacking wooden block building game. That is totally not Jenga. That's what you play it with. There you go. Well, my second pick is a little more curious. We've talked about it on the show before, uh, and it's an interesting game that I think deserves a little bit of attention, not just because it's got a kooky theme, but also because it is a, a game that, that's core theme is all about consent, which is a, a perfect thing for a, a couple to discuss. It's a cooperative game for two players. It's called Consentacle. And in this game, uh, it's a collaborative card game, um, and as they say it in the rule book, it's a collaborative card game of trust, intimacy, and communication for two players. One is a human, and one is an alien, uh, and you are basically using consent and communication to create a mutual, mutually satisfying encounter between this uh, between this alien and the human. Um, <clears throat> it's a card game, and during the game, uh, both players start with a certain level of trust. And you use uh, uh, cards that come from a, a deck 
to basically try and build the best combos possible to give everybody, you know, properly consensual satisfaction. There's lots of different ways that you can play it. Uh, there's a couple different game modes that they suggest. Um, the easiest one is that everybody can communicate openly about the cards that they have in their hand and you have a discussion about it. Um, the more challenging way to play it is that, um, you cannot communicate with verbal cues. You have to communicate with your eyes, which is really interesting and very, having played it with a couple of uh, people, it's surprisingly intimate in a weird way. It's, uh, can be a little unsettling. Um, but it, that said, I think that the core theme of consent and that core theme of, of talking between, uh, people in a relationship is really interesting. And, and it's, it's a fun game to boot. It's a really interesting game. I always think of that one arc on Futurama where everybody started dating that tentacle monster. (laughs) Yes. That's the only thing I could think of whenever you bring up that game. It just, it makes me laugh. It's an important topic. I'm glad that people are making games around it. I don't know if I'm comfortable enough to do this in my games, but I'm kind of fascinated with the concept. There are a lot of, there are a lot of games about love coming out all around the same time a couple of years ago. It was definitely on people's brains in the role-playing space. Uh, about a, about a year or two ago now. It's kind of, it's kind of off of that now. I don't know what it's on. I don't know what the, 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 the wider think is on these days, but um, I found an interesting book over on the DMs Guild and the lady that wrote it, I, I randomly had gotten something else she had done. And so I was looking for something just that she had done. And I saw this and I was intrigued. It's called The Lover's Handbook over on the DMs Guild. It is by Ashley May. And she is the sole writer on it for your however much it is, because I don't recall anymore. You get 34 pages, basically breaking down tropes about love and romance and whatnot, because role-playing games, no, as much as people want a weird, you know, setting or whatever, or as this whole OGL nonsense has come out, like, you know, uh, there, there was this joke on the internet. It's like with this OGL nonsense, the DM could finally convince his group to play uh, the cooperative game where they play a fish holding a knife. You know, like uh, people say that they want weird experiences like that, novel experiences, but people don't. What fundamentally role playing is about generally is just like reenacting tropes. And people really enjoy doing that, like living those really, really worn out hackneyed tropes. And uh, the Lover's Handbook kind of sets out, okay, so what are these tropes when it comes to romance and how do you apply them in a mutually, you know, good way, assuming everybody agrees that that should be part of the game, you know, and, and possibly having like, you know, the villain that's a little bit of a thirst trap or just different different ideas about, you know, all, all, all of the characters who, you know, behave like that romantically in movies that intersect with D&D. So, you know, like more of a, I guess, a swashbuckling fantasy type thing. Um, it was a really interesting book. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, if you like watch TV at all, um, it's nothing you literally haven't seen before, but, um, it's one of the reasons why, uh, to get a sense of, uh, historical periods, I actually really like, I really like when gamers write about that stuff for role-playing products, because oddly they break it down in a way to like gamify it and like, you know, set it out in, in a way that just, you know, Maybe it doesn't make the best sense logically, but it, it's like presented as rules and tropes and how to do the things. Uh, yeah, I, I I I was reading a book called Regency Cthulhu, and it actually did more for me about how the Regency period in England actually operated with their manners and stuff because it just set it out as a series of 
you know, gaming rules about what to do and not to do. I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. Lover's Handbook's the same way. It uh, it just sets out all those tropes. It tells you how to play with them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting book for that. It was a good read. I'm glad I read it. I actually, I actually really liked it. It's one of the best things I ever bought in the GM's Guild. So I uh, highly recommend it. Or DM's Guild. DM's Guild. Not GM's Guild. DM's Guild. And if it looks good to you, maybe I'll throw a link with my affiliate number in it so I can get a little kickback if you decide to buy it. Look for it on the Discord, I guess. <laughs> well, my final pick, and I, I failed to say this earlier, I'll, I'll say it now. Uh, my picks have been in order of um, complexity. So from easiest and simplest game to get into to more complicated game, which is not to say that this game is complicated because it's not, but it's definitely the most complicated of what we've talked about so far today. And that game is Fog of Love, which is a two-player game, and it's all about taking characters uh, and basically creating a rom-com with them, uh, which is really fun. It's a primarily a card-based game. Uh, there's a board associated with it that lets you keep track of stuff. And the two players are basically creating vivid characters who are going to meet, they're going to fall in love, they're going to have all these different challenges, and they have to overcome those challenges. And it's, it's a really, it's a fascinating game. There's, there's a reason this game has won as many awards as it has. Um, the whole game is all about storytelling. Um, and while it can be funny and charming, there's also something inherently interesting about it because it's, it's, it can be a touchy subject. You know what I mean? Yes. So you're basically, you're, tr- you're trying to create a story that allows everybody to, to maximize their, their happiness. You're, there's ways that you can affect um, people's sensitivity, their gentleness, their sincerity, et cetera, et cetera. Every time you play it, it's completely different. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a lovely game, a little more complicated. Like I said, I wouldn't do this with a first time board game player, but it would, it, it is a phenomenal way for two people, uh, in a relationship to have a very interesting experience together through a board game. So there you go, people. It's Valentine's day. You can't, you, you know, who says you can't get your, uh, your, your love life and your romantic life to intersect with your hobbies. Do it. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe I should finally pull out Starcrossed for valentine's day because there you G- go because gina and i are the most unromantic people on the face of the planet you know what we get most excited about for valentine's day chocolate but no buying discount chocolate on february 15th there you go so i was right i was just a day early yeah 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 no we, uh, <laughs> we, we typically get a pile of, of nice chocolates <laughs> the day after because there's there's always stuff left over and we're like yeah we'll buy that cool well that brings us to the end of our valentine's day deep dive go find somebody to try these out with and sit down and enjoy yourself and have a good time i mean that's that's what board games and rpgs are all about anyway so robert that brings us to the end of episode 138 of the forgot my dice podcast once again join us on all of our digital domains we are of course most active these days on discord i should say you are I just kind of occasionally read the messages and um, forget to check it because it doesn't send me any notifications, which is weird, even though I turn that damn setting on and off every day. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Robert, any final thoughts? Did you mute like Discord or servers on your desktop? No, I checked that. Hmm. Damn. Okay. I have had the worst experience with discord and you know some of the issues that i've had getting it to acknowledge microphones yeah no it's funny because i never have problems with it ever <laughs> well yeah, okay, that's okay, what everybody tells me I occasionally don't why it hates me so much 
well, I mean, I am hateable. Not no no offense, Jonathan, but I did tech support long enough to know that uh, most things like that, the problem exists between the keyboard and the chair. That's fair, but I too used to write tech support training, and I can tell you, I have tech supported the living daylights out of this to no avail. It's definitely a buggy piece of software. Uh, Have you updated it recently? I haven't had any problems. It auto updates. It updates all the time. Uh, Not if you don't turn it on and off again. Sometimes it doesn't. I I do that. (laughs) Yes, I restart my machine about once a week. Okay, yeah, because I I restart it basically for recording. Uh, That's that's when I restart my laptop. And yeah, every time I log into Discord after I do that, it's usually downloading an update. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that before, but whatever. Uh, oh wow final thought being tech support on february 7th uh that's stupid i don't want that to be the final thought i had one cooking and now it's gone because we started talking about tech support that's weird i don't know happy valentine's day jonathan i love you happy valentine's day robert i love you too buddy (laughs) nice so yeah hopefully hopefully we'll be back on the 21st we actually got one out in two weeks for once that's that's impressive that's the first time we've done that in a while Yeah, well, we're through the holidays, so hopefully things are kind of returning to a more normal cadence. You know, you say that. You say that every time, and it just keeps extending. Except that we did did it this time. We have normal cadence. Well, yeah, this time. I'm just saying, like, you you always say that. You're like, hopefully things are returning. Stop trying to poop on the parade. I'm just saying, like... Positive podcast. I'm... I'm... Well, as always, there's only one way to end this episode, and that is to be excellent to one another. And party on, Robert. Party on, Jonathan. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 